Hey there, welcome to Takeaway with Sam Okus, a podcast from Nations Restaurant News. I am Sam Okus, Editor-in-Chief here at NRN, and this is the show where I give you an all-access pass to the restaurant industry's most influential decision makers. This week, I'm talking with Michael Osanlu, the CEO of Portillo's. Michael has been with the iconic Chicago-based Italian beef brand now for five years, and Portillo's remarkable success in the past few years can largely be credited to the work that he and his team have done in building efficient systems and a people infrastructure that can sustain the brand's growth momentum. Today, Portillo's does a staggering eight and a half million plus average unit volume at about 80 locations. And it's on track in its evolution from a Chicago brand to a national brand. Michael joined the podcast to talk about how a servant leadership mentality is behind that success and how Portillo's maintains such a massive operation without the wheels coming off. In this conversation, you'll learn more about why you should provide white glove service to your most loyal fans, how efficiencies can be achieved by breaking your operation down into individual parts with dedicated employees, and why you should have a development plan for everyone. Jumping now into my interview with Michael Osanlu, the CEO of Portillo's. Also, don't forget to stick around after the interview as I will share my six takeaways from this discussion, actionable insights that you can take with you on the go. Okay, I'm here with Michael Osanlu, the CEO of Portillo's. Michael, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you, Sam. Excited to chat with you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I, I don't think it is such a stretch to say Portillo's is one of the most exciting restaurants in America. Um, you guys are, you're killing it to, to use uh, uh, one phrase. And in that killing it is, is seen in multiple ways. For starters, you guys are expanding. You guys are 80-ish locations by now, high yeah, 70s. That's right. We're okay. 78 now. Yeah. As of 78, today. 78 yeah. locations. Congratulations. Um, you guys do unit level economics. Just you blow people's minds with how much money you're doing per restaurant. And I'm sure people want to know what the secret to that is. Yeah. Um, but you guys also have a great talent program. And, and I, I really want to dig into that, too, and just how you're investing in your people. Um, so I, I guess I want to start by asking you about. You've been with this company now for a few years. I'm, I'm curious if you look back over the last couple of years, how do you feel like the growth of this brand has been going compared to what you expected when you came in? Um, well, first, thanks for all the flattering comments about the business. I, I, look, I love this business. Uh, I've been here, I will have been here five years uh, come October 1st. So I'm uh, approaching my five-year anniversary. Uh, and, and I actually, you know, I, I kind of took a big career bet based on all the things that you just said, because I so deeply believe in this company uh, to come here and to join it. And I would tell you that uh, it's going as well as I could have hoped. You know, we had like, obviously COVID was, nobody could have predicted it. It was, it was just crazy what happened and how long it took, but it didn't stop this business from just chugging along, right? When I got here, it was a question of, is Portillo's, is it a Chicago concept or is this a national concept? And so, that was the big question mark. And so for me, uh, you know, I grew up in the Chicago area. I, you know, I, I love an Italian beef sandwich, but it's a national concept, right? It's beef and bread. And so uh, that was the bet I was making career-wise. And that's that's kind of uh, what's borne out. I knew it was going to work, and it's, it's working as well as I think anyone could have hoped. It certainly helps when you have the bear doing the marketing for you, right? You get the message bless, of the Italian yeah. Although some sandwich. of the food hygiene issues on that show make me a little cringy. 
I know a lot of people would get PTSD watching that show. So uh, not exactly the kitchen of a Portillo's, I'm sure. Um, You know, you mentioned how you guys were able to get through the pandemic. It's so much of what it feels like the direction of this brand has been, has been really leaning into the strengths you have in off-premises in particular and drive through and you've had digital only locations. Tell me about the investments in off-premises, how that really has geared this brand toward the future. Yeah, I mean, and I actually say a lot of the success of this brand historically has been that it's, it was multi-channel before multi-channel even became a concept, right? So Portillo's was always built with a, a robust dining room that can house a, a number of people. And then most of our drive-throughs have two lanes of drive-through. And we were the originators of the uh, human being comes up to you and says, what would you like? Uh, would you like peppers on your beef sandwich? As you know, our chocolate cake is made in-house every day. So you get a human being's interaction. And as the cars move up and they merge, a second human being comes and runs out and brings your food to you. It's faster for you and it expedites the line and it moves things through. So so that's Portillo's has always had that. And, and then over the last several years, our ops team has done a remarkable job in pivoting so that however a guest want to in, wants to interact with Portillo's, we are equipped to do that. So if you are a guest who orders uh, on an app and you want to come get it yourself, no problem. We have these pickup racks. They're conveniently located right near a side door. You can park in front, pop in, your food is ready to go. At a, we have an appointment time and you can run out and get it. If you order through one of the third-party aggregators, no problem. We've made it super easy for them to come into the restaurant, grab a bag of food and head right back out. And, and Sam, we've even gone to the point where we have um, literally certified delivery drivers in each one of our restaurants so that if it's an order over $100, you will get a white glove experience where a Portillo's team member will come and, and do your food. If it's, if it's a really big order, say you have uh, a, you know lunch for 50 people, it's a big order, we'll come with the burners, trays, set it all up and, and do that. So um, we, have, we have built that muscle, which has always been there, but which is however a guest wants to interact with Portillo's, we're going to make it super easy for them to do that frictionless guest experience. Yeah, that's incredible. Something that's been a, a big theme of this year, and I know this has been a theme of yours as well, is the efficiency in the operations. Because, I mean, I've seen these Portillo's, and you guys you guys have a massive operation. I mean, compared to your standard QSR or fast casual, what you guys are doing is, is pretty, is, is, is bananas. Yeah. Um, and so when you consider all the, the, the uh, multi-channel, the dine-in, the kitchen, everything that's going on. There's a lot of room for error there that you guys have to focus mm-hmm. on. And so I imagine, so efficiency is, is, is something that you, you pay a lot of attention to. Can you tell me about how, what that looks like today? How do you lean into efficiencies in the operations, make sure that multi-channel strategy, especially that all these things can happen without you know wheels coming off? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And so um, there's a, we are an opera. I mean, I think every restaurant company thinks that, man, we're operationally complex. We're an operationally complex business. See, as you keep alluding to, the average unit does over eight and a half million dollars per box. We have multiple stations and, it, and our menu is not particularly easy. You can, there's a wide array of things that you can get at uh, Portillo's. We got obviously beef sandwiches, hot dogs, French fries. Our hamburgers are something to not sleep on, but we also have fresh tossed salads, right? We make our salads are hand tossed when you order it. They're not sitting in a bin ready to go. So it is a complicated, diverse menu, which requires a complicated, diverse uh, operations. Our operators are brilliant in that what we have done is break it down into discrete zones. So we have 
The person who makes hot dogs, we call that area a table. That's what they make, Sam, hot dogs, with all the traditional fix-ins. We also have chili cheese in case you get that. person who makes our, our beef sandwiches has responsibility for the beef and the sausage sandwiches. The broiler has responsibility for all the things that are broiled. And I could go on. But what it is is you take something that looks complicated at a 50,000-foot level and you break it down into these components. And, and then each component becomes a little less complicated and you have focus crew members who are trained on all the stations within that area and they have some supervisory capacity. So we're not, we're not a restaurant that operates with two or three people. We have restaurants that have anywhere from 15 to 25 people working on one shift at a given time with three or four crew chiefs or management personnel supervising the whole thing. So that's how that's how you deal with that level of complexity and the diversity of the menu. You break it down the zones, you have each zone, you know, carefully paid attention to. Yeah. Hey, speaking of that that labor piece of it, um, you know, you guys to your point, you guys have a much a lot more staff uh, filling a uh, uh, Portillo's than your traditional restaurant, my especially your QSR and fast casual restaurant. And this has been a particularly tight season for labor. How, how do you keep Portillo's restaurants staffed? What's the secret to making sure you have successful re recruitment and retention? Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. Somebody was asking me today about our strategic priorities as a company. And the first two strategic priorities, one is we call it maintaining the heart of Portillo's, which is all about our culture. You know, I'm, I'm a huge believer in culture and the fact that I think over time culture wins in whatever enterprise you're in, whether you're a restaurant company, you're my beloved Michigan Wolverines, culture trumps everything else. Can so cut this we, interview now. I just, I can't. You're <laughs> sorry, I live guy. in Columbus. I'm so I'm sorry. I know. It's all good. It, it's been years since you've beaten us, but anyway. All good, so, all good. <laughs> um, uh, culture is really important to us, and I think maintaining great culture is hugely important. And then the second great pillar is we want to be an employer of choice. The things, like, I'm so proud of what my HR and, and um, people team have done in terms of providing world-class set of compensation and benefits to all of our team members. Like literally today, we just rolled out that we we're doing $25,000 worth of scholarships to team members that work for us to go to school. We've negotiated with three different universities to provide discounted rates to Portillo's veterans. We provide a great suite of benefits. We provide a great culture. I, I, I brag about this, but like during COVID, when our dining rooms were shut down, when the world was melting down, we did not lay off a single person, not one person. Incredible. We retained all of our team. We cross-trained them. We did deep cleaning in our restaurants. We provided hotlines because remember, remember early days of COVID, it was terrifying. No one, no one really knew what to do. We had hotlines where you could call a number and you would get assistance, guided care on here's where to go to go get a test. If you're sick, here's what to do. Um, and all that has paid back in spades. Our, 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 uh, turnover, you know, this industry has high turnover. Our turnover at the hourly level is 30 to 40 percentage points better than our peer group. And it's 15 to 20 percentage points better at the manager level. There's hard costs oh. associated with turnover, but there's a lot of soft costs associated with turnover. And so I'm, I'm very proud of what our, uh, the teams have done. I'm very proud of how we position ourselves, but I'm really mostly proud of the fact that we uh, take great care of and treasure our team members. Yeah, it's incredible. And, and and certainly incredible too, because so much of Portillo's growth recently has been 
away from Chicago. I mean, for the longest yeah. time, the growth was really concentrated in that Midwest region. Now, Texas is a huge market for you guys. I know you're going yes. farther afield. So yeah. that part of this, I'm really curious about because the culture clearly is resonating. But how do you scale that? I mean, with yeah. some of the growth you guys are looking at, how do you scale a business doing eight and a half million dollars in Chicago and expect it to become yeah. an eight and a half million dollar business in Dallas? So um, it's a great question, and I'll, and I'll give you the case study. So I'm, I'm a student of history, and, and you know I've been here almost five years, but there was other people here before me who were trying to scale it. And one of the lessons that I learned uh, seeing the past was that we did not do well when we went to new markets with people who didn't know the brand. And so one of the disciplines that I and my management team have is we've, we only open a restaurant when we have a Portillo's trained general manager. So somebody who's been with us for at least a year and has run another restaurant, that's when we know that that person is ready to go open a new restaurant. So case study is um, our, our, one of our newest restaurants in the colony in Texas. It's, uh, it's right next to Frisco, North Dallas. We opened that restaurant with a rock star general manager. She was running one of our biggest restaurants on Addison and Kimball in the city of Chicago. She happens to be a bilingual woman, deeply experienced at Portillo's. We, we moved a multi-unit manager down there because we're committed to the Dallas market. One of our very best multi-unit managers, also a bilingual woman, who goes down to Dallas and is now recruiting. And, you know, Liz's job isn't to, like, manage, sit on top of a GM and manage one restaurant, but it's, I need a talent pipeline. I need development for the next four to five Dallas restaurants. In that Dallas restaurant at the Colony, we also moved three GMs down there to start as managers in there because they're going to be the next three GMs of Allen, Arlington, Fort Worth. You know, we just opened Allen, super successful. We'll open Arlington in a couple of in, in a couple of weeks, and we're going to open Fort Worth in another month and a half. Mm. But I view that as an insurance policy to make sure that a Portillo's feels like a Portillo's. That those volumes are scary. You know, it's it's. If you've worked at pick your other favorite restaurant, you don't have six, seven thousand dollar hours at lunch. We have six, seven thousand dollar hours at lunch all the time. Wow. We have, you know, when these restaurants open up, they're doing forty, fifty thousand dollars in the first couple of day each day. Jeez. And that volume is intimidating. So you want somebody who's experienced it and can handle it. And so we and we we've, we've invested ahead of the game. We have we have worked really hard, the people team, on on um so if I know that Sam wants to go down to uh, uh, Texas because you're sick of the Ohio weather, you want to go get good weather, you want sunshine, uh, and you're a manager for us, we know what your skill set is. We now have development plans for everyone. We know that you're really good at these things, but you need to work on these things. We now have training modules for these things. Some of them are in person. Some of them are online. Once we get you trained up, we'll make you a, a GM in your existing restaurant. You can do that for a year and then you're ready to go run one of our new crown jewels. And so that's, and it's taken a while to build that pipeline, but I'm really proud of is every restaurant in 23, all the restaurants we're opening in 24, I already know the GMs, who's assigned, who's getting that spot. And I know that they're all experienced general managers. There's no newbies running Portillo's. Wow. I mean, that's a, an incredible jump that somebody is making on behalf of Portillo's. They're moving their livelihood from Chicago to Texas, as an example, I imagine there must be a fair amount of showing your team members 
a trajectory. Like if you, I mean, obviously you can, you can invest in them with their pay and whatever, but you must be also laying this path before them years in advance to show them like, here's what we envision for you so that they can prepare to, to affect their livelihood for it. That's a hundred percent right. It's funny. I'm, I'm smiling while you say this because we have a GM summit coming up in two weeks. And my presentation is about the great, uh, the, the opportunities in front of all of our GMs. What my expectations are, which are very high, but we think we pay among the best in class in uh, fast casual or QSR uh, for a general manager. I, I show a vision of the wealth accumulation opportunity for a GM at Portillo's, which ends in really outstanding numbers over a 10, 15 year career. Like, you know, you're going to retire in a beautiful home and be really happy and comfortable. And because we provide really, really competitive pay opportunity to earn up to 200% of your pay as a bonus and then on top of that, you get stock every single year. So if you're a great general manager who is results-oriented and wants to be great and measured against that, Portillo's is a wonderful place to be. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Um, you know, I, again, um, we were uh, previously we were supposed to speak at a, an event on leadership, uh, but Florida hurricane season had uh, other plans for us. But I wanted to talk to you there about leadership because uh, obviously such an important part of Prosper, the events we were at, but an important part of this industry in general, which is to say that um, diversity, equity, inclusion is hugely important. Investing in your people in general is important. Executive ranks to general managers and store level frontline, of course, as well. So I want to make sure we touch on that, too, because I want to uh, hear from you how you personally invest in the leadership of Portillo's, because there's a real stewardship issue here, which is who are the future stewards of this brand? And there's also ensuring that, you know, you have that pipeline of talent all always on hand, I guess you could say. So tell me about you mentioned culture before, but tell me about that mm -hmm. concept of just leadership in the Portillo's brand and how you invest. Yeah, um, it's a, it's, uh, it's, it's my job. I mean, I, I don't mean to be sound glib, but like my job, my executive team's job is all about, I call it servant leadership. And I'm not, it's not, you know, it's funny for some reason, sometimes the word servant rubs some people the wrong way. I, I literally, I had one senior executive at one time said, look, I've gone to this university in that place. And I view myself as a leader, not as a servant leader. And you know, my response was, and I view you as a guest, not as a team member. Um, and because it's so deeply rooted in my personal DNA that this, this job, this business, this industry is about servant leadership. My job in its most simple form is to put my team in a position to succeed. It's to provide them the tools, the coaching, the mentoring and, and guidance so that they can be successful. Because if they're successful, it means our frontline teams are successful. So that the woman who is taking your order is smiling and helps you curate that order. It's the person who made your sandwich, did it perfectly. It's the person who, who, who at Expedite, who pushed your food, did it with a fun, cheeky rhyme. So when I'm doing my job, it means my executive team is doing their job, which means the people in the front line are doing their job, which means our guests are having a great experience and want to come back. When the guests are happy, your investors and shareholders are happy. It's a beautifully virtuous cycle. And it's actually... Not complicated, but it's really easy to let things like your own personal ego get in the way of things. And so yeah. um, I am, you know, I view my job as a servant leader. I need to, I need to every single day role model that behavior, right? I, I, I tease, chide my teams that, hey, 
the people in the front line, they work their butts off, right? Like we have, you know, we're in a new world where this corporate center, I've got people who uh, work from home a couple days a week. And, I'm, and I say like, general managers in our restaurants, they can't work in their pajamas from home, guys. Yeah. Right? They get up every single day. They go to the restaurant. I get, you know, occasionally I get letters from an irate customer. They deal with it every single day. Sometimes I don't, you know, sometimes you don't feel quite right. They go every single day. They bust their butts every single day. They take care of guests every single day. We expect perfection from them every single day. And so we need to role model servant leadership behavior. We need to be, we, there's no POSs in my office here in Oak Brook. All the POSs, all the sales happen in the field. And so it's, um, it's very much how we operate as a team. We all, I, I've surrounded myself with like-minded people who deeply believe in the concept of servant leadership, who believe that our job is to put our frontline team members in a position to succeed. Because if they succeed, the businesses runs great. Yeah, that's incredible. And, and you guys have big plans for the future. Portillo is continuing to grow. You know, between that servant leadership you speak of, particularly in the in the uh, headquarters, to the ways in which you're investing in your store employees and especially your general managers, tell me about how you're building an infrastructure for the future. Because, because again, scaling yeah. into new parts of the country, there, there's a real infrastructure you need for that. Uh, it's it is, and I, I'm going to brag again about what my HR team has done. So, you know. Uh, this is, this is, it's funny. It's just, we're a 60 year old company. We're celebrating our, our diamond anniversary. Um, but in some ways we're like a four or five year old company. We're really immature in a lot of processes. When I got here, there was, there was no such thing as a performance review. There mm-hmm. was no, like, you know, there's no structure, like, here's what you're good at. Here's what you're not good at. There, there was no formalized training and helping people overcome obstacles. And so, there's been a lot of what I would call pick and shovel work, just building these foundations. Every, every management person in our restaurants, every crew chief, which is the highest hourly level in our restaurants. And think about it as between those two groups, you know, you're talking like 400, 500 people now. Each one of them has a personal development plan. They know what they're good at. They know what they're not good at. For the stuff that's really important, they have training modules. We, we rolled out one of our greatest new trainings is we call it the Ignite program, Ignite Your Careers. Uh, I, I got it. We love stuff like that. Hmm. But here's what Ignite teaches you. It doesn't, it's not, I'm not teaching a leader on here's what a perfect hot dog looks like and you can see it from 10 feet away if the water's boiling. That, that's what the company used to teach. It was very production oriented. What we teach people now is, hey, here's how you have a tough conversation with someone who's not performing well. Here's when you do it. Here's when it's really important to be honest and transparent with people. Your job is to communicate. So think about the meetings you go to. How do you cascade that communication down to the team? Your job is to manage a schedule and have people pulling all the levers and be balanced and smart. And so, and I, and I, and I, and I address these, uh, the folks doing the Ignite program and I tell them, look, this stuff we're teaching you, here's the truth. It's going to make you great at other things in life. You're going to be, you're going to find you're a better parent. When you know how to have real honest conversations with your kids or your spouse, you are, we're giving you amazingly marketable skills and you can go anywhere and use them because every other company is going to want great, well-trained leaders. But we're doing this because this is how a company shows you how deeply it appreciates you, right? I want to treat, I want to teach every single one of you because we want every single one of you to grow 
to your heart's desire and as far as your, your skill set and your passion allow you to. And so that's how we build this pipeline. I, I love something my uh, COO said today, which is, hey, look, my job is to develop leaders way in advance of the development team's ability to build restaurants. So, and I take that job really seriously. I'm growing leaders so that however many restaurants we're opening, I got a pipeline of leaders that I can say absolutely no problem. So it's been it's been a real ton of heavy lifting from a lot of different people. I mean, I'm 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 very very proud of the team that we've established here because they're the ones doing all the hard work. That's incredible. Those are wise words. Michael Osanlu, the CEO of Portillos. Thanks for joining me today. I really appreciate it. That was my interview with Michael Osanlu, the CEO of Portillo's. So what should you learn from this interview? Here are my six takeaways. My first takeaway is that you should provide white glove service to your most loyal guests. Uh, Michael said that in particular, Portillo's will deliver your food if it's over $100. If the order is over $100 for delivery, a staff member of Portillo's will deliver that in person rather than a third-party partner. He said that Portillo's locations have certified delivery drivers who provide that white glove service. And I think that's a really interesting idea. And not just that $100 mark. I mean, that makes a lot of sense because it's a big order. You don't get a ton of those, so the demand isn't too high. But I think it's an idea that you could think about for your loyalty members. How might you provide a better experience for your loyalty members. Possibly that could go so far as to using your team members who are going to be better at uh, communicating your brand promise, message, and experience than a third-party employee. Maybe it's leveraging them whenever you possibly can. And the other thing Michael talked about was, of course, their catering orders. When you have a big order for catering, that's another way in which Portillo's comes in with our own people, sets up, and um, and provides that really authentic Portillo's experience. What I like about that, again, is just that kernel of an idea of your most loyal guests, how to provide them an elevated experience your people can do that better than your third-party partners. So consider how you might be able to leverage them for um, those loyalty guests whenever they might be ordering, whether that's the size of their order, dictated by the size of their order or not. My second takeaway is that you should strive for frictionless service in every channel that you serve. Portillo's, if you know Portillo's, I'm sure you do, it is a massive operation with so much going on. Of course, they have dine-in, carry-out, they have delivery, they have drive through they have a lot of double drive throughs They've started to experiment with some triple drive throughs It's just a lot going on. And yet, Michael said that in every single one of those channels, they are trying to make the service frictionless. And he threw out some of those examples. But of course, you know, that's line busters in the drive through That is a, a rack by the door for carryout orders. Whatever that might be, explore every channel you serve, which is probably growing more and more by the day, considering how many channels you have an opportunity to serve. Look at every single one of those and consider how each one of those can be frictionless for the customer so that they can access your, your food whenever they want, however they want. My third takeaway is that efficiencies can be achieved by breaking your operation down into individual parts with dedicated employees. So again, as I just mentioned, Portillo's is a massive operation and it's a complex operation as Michael himself explained. Their menu is big, their restaurants are big, their kitchen is big, there is a lot going on. And when there's a lot going on, when there's a lot of complexity, 
there's a lot of opportunity for mistakes to happen. But how Portillo's overcomes that and finds efficiencies is he, he Michael explained he, that the company, they have zones. They, have, they break every station out into a dedicated zone with a dedicated employee where managers are overseeing specific zones. And by doing that, they can ensure that each station is going as best as it can be. It's efficient, streamlined, and high quality. And that things, again, the wheels are not falling off. What does that look like for your own restaurant? How can you break your kitchen, your operation down into individual parts and have employees be dedicated to those parts even more so than they might be today? If you do that, you could find efficiencies in your own operation and find that you might even be able to grow a little bit more easily because your dedicated employees are so clued into what must happen in their individual zone. My fourth takeaway is that you should not move into a new market without team members who know the business inside and out. Uh, As this relates to Portillo's, uh, Portillo's as it grows, which it is doing now, especially into the Texas market, um, when it grows, but Michael was explaining that, you know, they send a few team members in advance of opening the restaurants because they need to establish that development pipeline early. So as an example, he used uh, an example of a GM who moved from Chicago to Dallas to be the GM of their location there, Uh, but a few other team members came as well. So they only needed the one GM of that first store that opened in Dallas, but those other team members who came, they would then become the GMs of the future locations that opened in Dallas. And as Michael explained, by doing this, you know, they're creating a, a development pipeline, a talent pipeline for future development uh, in the market that they're moving into. And he said, you know, it helps to make a Portillo's feel like a Portillo's. Your people are going to know your brand the best. So if you move into a new market, yes, you could hire somebody there who is maybe a GM of another restaurant. You hire them to be your GM. You don't have to move move any of your people. But they're not going to get the brand as well as your people get the brand because they haven't been with your brand before and they haven't operated or worked in your restaurant in the market where you exist, they don't they don't know it as well as those people who are in that market, in those stores, inside and out. They they know the restaurant. So consider how you can move your team members into new markets ahead of growth there. Build that talent pipeline ahead of time because it's going to build your runway for growth in that market when you do move. My fifth takeaway is that you should have a development plan for everyone. Michael said that they want to know the skill sets. They want to know the core strengths of every team member. They want to know what you're good at, and they want to know what you're not good at. And the reason why is that, again, it helps to build this development pipeline so that you you might not be on track for a GM role, but that doesn't mean you can't be on track for some other role within the organization. Portillo's has such an impressive um, culture and people infrastructure because they are able to understand who their people are, what they're good at and not good at, and how they can train them to be better at what they're good at. Um, And of course, be better at what maybe they're not good at, but they want to lean into the core strengths of the team members they have. Because by doing that, again, you can really build that talent pipeline. And uh, it does give you that runway again for the growth you hope to achieve, whether that's in existing markets or not. Have a plan for every person in your system know how to train them, know what they're good at, and know how you can really lean into them and invest in them for the brand's growth into the future. 
My sixth and final takeaway is that your job as the leader of a brand is to put your team in a position to succeed. That was a quote from Michael, and I really appreciated it. You know, Michael talked about this concept of servant leadership. And what that means is that you should be a servant to your team members, to your employees, to everybody who has signed up to work for you and the brand that you lead. How do you serve them by investing in them, providing for them? As Michael said, give them tools, give them coaching, mentoring, and guidance so that they can be the best that they can be. If you do that to your GMs, your executives, your your managers, if you do that, that will trickle down to their teams, their frontline employees. That will then be obvious to the customers. They'll see it in the frontline employees if it cascades down from the top, this concept of servant leadership and taking care of your people and your team. And I think that's such a great idea and such a great um, you know, something for everybody to really look into building at their own restaurants is how they can serve their teams. You know Portillo's, you know how massively successful it is. It's been the talk of the industry for years. And it's not really a secret as to how they're pulling this off. They've got a great menu, an impressive operation. But for the last five years, especially since Michael came in, they've got happy people, talented people who are building an impressive culture and helping this thing to scale. Those are all my takeaways for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please remember to subscribe to Takeaway wherever you listen to podcasts and leave your feedback. You can also email me at sam.okis at informa.com. Thanks again and talk to you next week.